This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Welcome to Group Text. Sabrina and I are so excited to welcome friends of the show today. And we're going to be talking about gossip and entertainment journalism and everything that goes on behind it and getting the story and scoops with two people I first met when I did their podcast. And I absolutely love and adore. And I had the most fun on your podcast was Hollywood Raw. Please welcome Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. What's How are up? you? Hello. How are you guys? Since you said I could introduce you any way you wanted, Sabrina suggested pimps, but I thought Friends of the Show was a little bit kinder. <laughs> well, like I said, we'll take anything at this point, so it's all good. It's nice to know that you have now come down to my level and just, like, call me whatever. <laughs> But, okay. look at their, but look at their faces, Melissa. One's got dimples, got perfect skin, and oh, and this one's got pearly whites. Oh, my goodness. So I nice forget. to see. You didn't see them before. No. I love that they're not bums. This excites me. <laughs> we showered for this. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm so honored that you showered for my podcast. Um, I have so much I want to ask you just about stuff in the news right now, but a little background. How did you let Dax? We'll start with you. How did you get started? Uh, in entertainment journalism, I mean, or in entertainment Wait, news. I not at con- yeah, not at conception. Yeah. So no, <laughs> <laughs> so my mom and my dad met. No. Um, listen, I, I I got into this back in like college. I got an internship at Extra, the other entertainment show that's out there that was really big back in the day. They they let me into this world is really what it comes down to. And at that time, uh, Harvey Levin was starting up. TMZ, which was an unknown website. I think they were thinking of calling it like Pop Salad back at the time. Oh, that's right. I forgot they were going to call it Pop Salad. Yeah, it was something so ridiculous. And uh, I went up there to meet him. Someone said, hey, go upstairs and meet him. He's he's starting up this new website. No one's ever heard of it. Go up there, introduce yourself. He likes interns. I did that. Next thing you know, I was working red carpets and interviewing the biggest celebrities and uh, that was kind of like my entrance into the entertainment world. And then I was there through the whole beginning of TMZs. So, you know, the Michael Richard rants and the Paris Hilton running, you know, they're running their car into the back of the SUV, um, Mel Gibson's arrest, like everything. I was there for it all during the, the beginning of TMZ. So that's where I got my foot in the door. And then after I left, I worked a, a bunch at Access Hollywood and started up my own site. So that's that's how I got to where I am. I mean, and TMZ is truly still sort of the uh, gold standard. And I don't think what people realize is TMZ, and you were a big part of this in the reputation anyway, is very accurate. Yeah. Like alarmingly accurate. So that's one thing like I think Adam and I can agree with because Adam, obviously, his background is also TMZ. I'm not going to speak for him, but, you know, he worked there for a long time. The people at TMZ work harder than like, anywhere else it is a hard-working crew it's a lot of long hours it, you know it's it's not like you see it on tv where it looks all fun and everyone's laughing and giggling and having a great time but behind the scenes it's a really it's hard work you're trying to break stories you, you know like you're in there to do a job 
It's very intense. It's very intense. And you go home and you're like, I need a break. But there is no break because right. you're on 24-7. I remember, I think it was like Thanksgiving Day years ago, I was literally at the table and I got a call and it was like Tiger Woods and his wife just got in a massive fight and he she was swinging around the golf club. Like that was my Thanksgiving was then spent dealing with Tiger Woods drama for the rest of the, the next three three days. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really news. Adam, how'd you get started? I uh, I graduated school in 2006. At the time, I was interning for the Howard Stern Show. Thought I was going to get a job at the Howard Stern Show because they just went over Sirius XM. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't get a job there. They weren't really hiring. And then I went a few years without a job as a golf caddy, just doing odd jobs. For four years, I couldn't find the job, and it was very tough. And But the whole time, I was doing stand-up comedy on the side. And I did a show in the city, and someone in the crowd said, you seem funny, you seem not threatening, you know pop culture, would you be interested in a job at TMZ? And this was in 2009. I said, listen, I'll do anything for health insurance. <laughs> so you sold your you sold your soul. Sold my soul. That, but I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know paparazzis even existed in New York. And that's what I do. Dax worked in the newsroom. I worked on the streets with a camera in my hand. And they gave me a two-week contract, tried to see what I could do with the camera. And I pretty much didn't do anything great, but I didn't get arrested. And uh, they're trying to build up the New York streets. And I signed another contract with them and I stayed with them for a good amount of years and uh, kind of worked my way up within the system and became the number one camera guy there. Were you guys wow. always interested in Hollywood and pop culture? I mean, no one grows up thinking I'm going to work for, you know, TMZ didn't exist, but this is not something people, at least all of us, and you guys, I'm putting the, you in this too, because of when you joined the business, it's not something you think about like, that's what you want to be when you grow up. What Adam, what what was your original plan? Like when you were a little boy, what were you going to be? Mine was actually just to do stand-up. And I continue to do stand-up. However, you know, it's hard to pay the bills doing stand-up. And then I realized from doing stand-up, I fell into this world. And I always grew up, and my mom would always get Star Magazine growing up. And then, you know, obviously during college, Perez Hilton was really big. And I loved Perez Hilton. I was, I knew everything about any of the teen moms for some reason I just retained all this pop culture information and, and then all of a sudden I realized doing stand comedy helped prepare me to do these on the street raw and real interviews because you never know who's going to jump out of these cars you never know who's going to come out of a hotel and then all of a sudden boom there comes out Jerry Seinfeld and I have to be very quick on my feet and be able to ask Jerry Seinfeld some fun questions so I was able to use the humor and the the training to be a stand-up comic into these interviews and I always consider myself kind of like a a ghetto Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> if you only had, if you only got Jimmy's paycheck. Oh my God! You <laughs> all of us imagine all, that. Yeah, all of us. All of us imagine that. The best game I like to play with Adam is to throw out a random celeb name, and he'll think of questions. Try it. Throw out any celeb name, he'll think of a question as if they just walked out the door. It's insane. Okay, Val? Sabrina. Any name. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike, you got this fight coming up in November. Is this the real fight? Or are you planning for the next fight, Mike? How should I bet on this fight? Hey, Mike, uh, uh, you know, you can just keep going. It's just like this celebrity, you know, uh, my whole thing is like real quick, you got to keep going, you know, and uh, Mike Tyson, do you still keep in touch with Robin Givens? Mike Tyson, do you, you know? Uh, About Tara Reid, go with Tara Reid. Oh, that's a, that's a softball. <laughs> that's a softball a coming over one. the plate. It's a fun Who's one. the best person to get drinks with, Tara? What's the better city party in LA and New York? Who's the one person you never expected out, but you always had a really good time having drinks with? Okay, here's a hard one. Here's a hard one. Shailene Woodley. 
She's so fucking boring. She's so boring. <laughs> okay, but that, that, stop buying time. Stop no. buying time. Listen. I know that track. You know, what's something we don't know about you? Do you ever just want to go crazy? What's the last What's the last movie you auditioned for, but you didn't get the part? What's the role that you really wanted that you're so close to, but you didn't get? To? I mean, this is just, right. you know, that's the fun part of it. It's like, you never know who you're going to get. Like every day, I don't know who I'm going to get, but then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation that's like the adrenaline i was gonna say that must be so much fun because it's like it's challenging for you too to put you on the spot and this adrenaline and everything's going that should be really kind of cool actually it's fun and you know for my you know if i ever reached out to oprah shaquille o'neal adam sandler and as you guys know i reached out to their publicist and said hey i want to interview the first person would pick up the phone and say we're sorry we're not interested click but i realized if i get to them if i get in front of them then I'll be able to interview them. And that's been kind of my, you know, I've been able to interview everyone. Well, who, who's the one person you want to interview that you haven't already? The only person I actually haven't interviewed, I guess, would be Obama. I've interviewed Bill Clinton. I've interviewed Donald Trump, Jimmy Carter. I didn't get to talk to Obama. Everyone else I have. There's not really one else I haven't met. You know, it's really hard for me to think. I always... The coolest thing for me is to open up like an Us Weekly magazine and be like, okay, cool, cool, not cool, great, interesting. Oh, I got a great story about them. You know, like that's, you know, I have tons of stories about all my encounters with these people over the years from trying to like see them in the, on the streets of New York City, not on a red carpet. Because as you guys know, Melissa, you're, you know, you know red carpets. When you're on the red carpet interviewing them, the publicist is right there. You have to be on your toes. When it's me, it's me and them on the street. And it's just kind of, I can ask them a free for all. And I feel like they're not performing. I feel it's a little bit more real. Absolutely. You know, I want to know what helped you and Dax form your partnership. Obviously, you worked at the same place, but how did your paths just kind of cross? Did you, was there was it immediate bro love or were you throwing shade at each other? Like what was going on? Just immediate bro love. No, we you know, what's funny is we were talking to someone about this the other day. How about we didn't really talk much when we both worked at TMZ. Like we, we did. I mean, we knew of each other. Obviously, I, I would see him on, on the because in the newsroom. It was all of us in the newsroom, and then he would come up on, like, a TV screen. And one day your eyes just locked. And then we locked, and we said, we need to do a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so I, I guess after we had both left TMZ, I think we kind of, like, caught up with each other and started talking and realized, like, we both have really fantastic stories and knowledge of the entertainment industry. And I don't know what really happened, but we kind of just, like, let's do this. Like, let's let's take our our experience and our knowledge and, like, put it somewhere and like give it to people. So that's kind of how our podcasts are. At least that's how I remember it. I don't know, Adam, do you remember? Yeah, different? no, we were just, we, we just kind of spoke at a time where you kind of came, you knew Dr. Drew and kind of knew this opportunity with KBC LA and you know, Dax is in LA, I'm in New York. And we kind of know the news world very in different ways. You know, we complement each other well because Dax worked in a newsroom. I worked on the streets. So when Dax is working on the story for the editorial parts and the photos part, I'm the one trying to get the footage and we always try to say we want to humanize Hollywood and kind of reveal the fourth wall because it, I feel like we're able to explain what really goes on. For instance, we had Kanye West bodyguard on the show. Current or former? Former. 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 And, you know, I think a lot of people would say, I don't want to talk to Kanye West or Kim Kardashian's former bodyguard. Oh, my God, I would. I totally would. We found like a kind of a diamond in the rough and this interview became one of our biggest interviews. And this guy had so many stories about Kanye and Kim and how they worked and how they operated. Oh, do tell, do tell. Give us the, give us the Reader's Digest version. I mean, he opened up. So it started, let, let me just go back in time. So we, the guy's name is Steve Stanulis. He's an actor. He does a bunch of things now. He like He's actually in a movie with Tara Reid recently. And that's how you came up with Tara Reid. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he comes on and he's like, hey, guys, I want to talk more about my acting career. And then we started kind of digging in a little bit more and he would give us little nuggets here and there. And then I don't know if like you felt the same way when you came on a podcast, but like after about a half hour, you start to kind of open up more than you normally would during an interview. And you, he started to reveal all kinds of great stories about Kanye, about him just being a total douche behind the scenes. Like he would get onto an elevator and this is day one that the bodyguard met him, doesn't know anything about him, doesn't know where they're going. It's just like, I'm in an elevator and Kanye looks at him like, are you going to push the button? He goes, I don't know what fucking floor we're going to. What are you talking about? He goes, well, why, why didn't you call ahead and find out? He goes, I'm literally, this is my first like 10 minutes on the job. I have no idea. You can push the button or, and we can get there or you can tell me what button to push so we can get there. But like, or we can just stand here all day and wait for the standoff to end. So he kept putting like, just telling us these like really idiotic positions that Kanye would keep putting him in. Kanye, yeah, Kanye always liked him to be 10 feet back, you know, obviously for the photos and stuff. Right, right. But that's, that's by the way, normal. Yeah, he he also kind of revealed uh, how they dealt with the paparazzi. Well, they would call. I mean, that's one of those secrets. People like, how do they always catch people? Because they call whomever their contact is, and they call, and they say, I might be going to blah, 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 blah. So they have deniability. And then, the you know, the picture gets released. It happens all the you, time. Can I tell you a story that, like, Right when I started working at Team Z, do you remember how like big Nicole Richie was back in yep. the day? Yes. Like she was just on top of the world, her in Paris during the simple life. And I remember her going on the Tyra Banks show at the time. And she was like, I'm so tired of the paparazzi chasing me. It's like killing me. And I'm like, girl, you would literally drive your car up Robertson, make sure the paparazzi saw you and then continue driving so that they would know where you were going. And then you go and you complain about it on national television. I never understood. I'm like, either play the role that you hate the paparazzi or, or acknowledge that you like them and you want to be photographed, but don't like do the opposite because people know that you're asking the paparazzi to follow you around so you can get your photo out there. Right. And you know, the thing is there are people who don't ask for it, who do get it. Oh, of course. You know, you know, the people that hate the paparazzi, like legit mm -hmm. hate mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Or you know. don't hate it in the sense of that they're not rude, but don't court it. Yeah, so they, you've got some people like Jennifer Gardner, who is not a fan or Halle no. Berry, who is not a fan. But that also that also comes from taking pictures of their kids. And I understand. Well, I, don't know. I understand with that with Halle. She's, you know, had some allegedly some, you know, some accidents that she's not proud of and. You know, sometimes people just don't want you to reveal their ugly side. That's all. But, but mostly when people hate the paparazzi, like a Jennifer Gardner, it has to do mostly with feeling uh, problems with their kids. Because we all had kids that went to the same, uh, not Jennifer, but Reese Witherspoon and Cindy Crawford, that whole group. A lot of our kids all went to the same preschool at the time. And, you know, it was it would turn into a, a, an absolute clusterfuck in front of the school. And that's not right. And I'm all for that. I, I feel, though, if you dislike that job, then be consistent with it. But don't say you don't like it and then turn around right. and tell them to follow you so they, they can get shots of you at Bristol Farms. How do you explain to people what you do? Like when you get a form and it says occupation, I never know what to write. So I just constantly come up with amusing things to put on the form. I like my my favorite is girl in a world. 
You know, I just like, people are like, what? You write, it was an occupation or employer. And I just write question to who's paying me this week. You're famous enough that people would go, oh, that's a funny joke. If we write it, they're gonna be like, all right, douchebag. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What, but what, like, what do you fill out when you put it on those forms? I'm just calling myself a street journalist. Now I'm finding other of my colleagues calling themselves street journalists. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what? I just made this up. Like, I was just, I made this up for LinkedIn. Okay. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> It sounds cool. What's fascinating, though, about paparazzi, street journals, whatever you guys want to call yourselves, but you're sort of in a different club, there's a pecking order. There is very much clicks, and there's very much uh, protection of certain people. I was always, whenever I was out with Cooper, I was always very protected. I was always like, you guys can get me. I don't care. Please don't show my son. And it was during a really bad period in my divorce. And I'm like, look, it's going to cause major drama. And I will let me walk him to wherever we're going. I'll come back and I'll walk. And I was completely protected. And at one point I was living at a beach house in Malibu and had famous neighbors on either side. It was on carbon beach. So they were always stocked out on the beach. And I played nice, obviously with the paparazzi, I'd bring everybody waters and all that. Cause it was so hot. And my quest, my request was always, please, don't take pictures of Cooper. And one time someone did, and three of the other guys jumped all over him. And at the end of the summer, they gave me a flash drive of these amazing pictures of Cooper playing on the beach. And, you know, granted, I bring everybody water, but what I'm saying is there's, there are certain uh There's some humanity. There's some humanity left. And, but also it's like, you can get me, I'm fair game, don't get him. Yeah, but so you understand it, though, like you right. get the game. And I think that's the difference between the people that get it and the people that don't. If you play the game and you give them their shot, that's their job. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's someone's job. They're there to get people's photos taken, get them into magazines, blah, blah, blah. But if you connect with them and say, I will give you that five minutes of photo time, it makes a world of difference rather than hiding away from them or telling them they're dirt bags for taking photos. If you give them the two minutes, they will respect you and they will treat you like a queen. And well, it, it would make everything better because they would actually get better shots, would actually right. would sell the photo better. You would look better. And I think that the bottom line is this. You're, I mean, you're a good person. You treat them with respect and they're going to treat you with respect. You know, I think most celebrities, if you treat the photographers with respect, they'll be good to you back. The photographers being good to people. You don't hear about that stuff. No. You, know, you always hear the negative stuff, stuff with the Princess Diana, you know, like that was a terrible situation. And listen, there's there's definitely been some rough incidents in the past. However, from my experience, and I've been doing this for over 10 years now, if you ever, in Hugh Jackman in New York, we see him all the time. He's one of those guys like trick-or-treating with his kids. Okay, we're going to give up the shot. Boom, they're all smiling. We get the actual shot. Go. We don't need to do our show. We don't want to be there longer than we have to. We don't want to bother him. Yeah. No. The loveliest moments I ever had with the paparazzi, granted, I don't have a lot of encounters unless I'm somewhere where they are, was after my mother died and Cooper and I were in her apartment. We're talking about the next day. And everybody, Adam, which you probably remember, was camped out in front of her building. And we came out and they started taking pictures. And I sent Cooper back and I said, look, you guys can follow us to the corner. It was late. It was early evening. I said, but we have to get out of here and take a walk. Like, we're going crazy. And Cooper came back out, and we walked to the corner, and literally, they all stopped. And Cooper and I were allowed to go and just take a walk. 
and they didn't get us coming back in. And I thought, you know what? That's also, A, how I was raised, but also because my mother was so good with the press. The best. Honestly, I it, it, I mean, listen, it, it, I, when people always ask me, who's one of the nicest people you've ever met? And I hear she's the first one who comes to me. She would always, she was so good, so good, because what she would always do is she would say, well, uh, we would say to her off camera, I'd say, Joan, what do you got today? She's like, ask me about Kim Kardashian. Ask me about QVC. Like she had jokes ready to go. So you would set her up and she, you would tee her up and she would hit a home run every single time. And then at the end, when the camera is off, she go, hold on. She would take the earrings from her ear and say, give this to your grandmother. <laughs> you know what? It sounds like you two could do a book or even have a reality show. People follow you for a change. Oh, man. It's, I mean, we, it's something like I that. Mean, the stories, like the that. stories yeah. we have are pretty great. I think that's been like the one fun part about having a platform is like you can tell these stories and people can hear them because I mean Adam and I talk numerous times a day and we're like oh my god did you I ran into so-and-so today I got to tell you this insane story I mean Adam has the craziest life I've ever met like the celebs he runs into and the people that he like puts in his car and drives around the city the cool part for me is I'm in New York so there's not a lot of there's not as many photographers paparazzi in New York City so it's a small group so we all know each other but it's good for me is I do video. So I'm a big fish in a small pond where in LA you're a small fish. I'd be a small fish in a big pond. You know, I, there's not too many people that do what I do in New York city. So when these celebrities come to New York, they all kind of run into me and they don't live there. So I'm not, they're in my home. I'm not at their home. So it's a little bit more of a fun experience. And again, I always try to get them. If they ever say, Hey, I'm not into it today. Camera down. I'm like, totally fine. I get it. And I just hope they remember it. And most of they do. How competitive is your business? I mean, I would think it's at this point, especially because it's such big business, it's very, it must be very cutthroat. Yeah, it's cutthroat and it's very competitive um, because if I get a shot and someone else gets a shot, the value of the video goes down. You know, obviously people pay for the for it to be exclusive. Um, so you want to kind of get a good, you know, I could spend the whole day on some assignment. And if I don't get anything, I don't get paid, you know, and that's the hard part about it. Um, but you know, fortunately for me, I've had some good relationships with some celebrities. So I always like Oprah, for example, every time Oprah's in New York, I'm usually able to cross paths with her at some time. And she always gives me two minutes or three minutes of her time. And I'm able to get an interview. I'm always able to place Oprah. She's kind of like an easy person to place because she's so big. And so he's totally downplaying you know. this, by the way, when Oprah comes down, she's like, Adam! And she comes and I, she like is you've won a car <laughs> and you get a car and you get a car that's where you get an interview and you get an interview but I'm it's like, like bro oprah knows you and like the rock knows him and kevin hart it's it's wild these it's people cool. that and i appreciate honestly, him i thank them off camera and i always try to talk to them off camera and i always say thank you because because they gave me two minutes or three minutes of time I'm able to pay my bills, you know, and I always try to put them in a good light, you know, and that's why they keep letting me interview them because I'm not a dick. I'm trying to make them promote whatever the project they're working on, but also have a good, fun, exclusive sort of interview. I think celebrities often forget, and I found this a lot on the red carpet, that it's really a symbiotic relationship. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And the bigger the celebrity, the, the nicer cool they are. Right. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. The nicest ones are always the biggest ones. It's crazy, right? And you just... Yeah. It's so bizarre. and Because they're secure. Yeah, they are. We would always have that experience with George Clooney whenever we were doing our shows and stuff. 
I mean, the sweetest, coolest guy, you know, one that you would see over and over again. And he doesn't act like, who are you again? He's like, oh, so nice to see you. And he's just so, he's lovely. He's I've lovely. never heard a bad word about George Clooney. Honestly, oh, from every celeb we've talked to, every media, like journalist, heads of huge PR company, everyone says across the board, George Clooney is a nice person. When we had Larry King on the other day, he was like, not only is he the nicest person, he's the best looking person. <laughs> but also, like, you know, you don't hear thing, bad things about Tom Hanks. I mean, there's a whole group of them that you really don't. They're very genuine. They're very down to earth. They're very honest. And they get the relationship. You know, it's so funny. Me and Dax were saying all Scientologists are very nice. Well, that's because they've been brainwashed. The switch flips and that's that. Okay, I want to go to TMZ for a second because you both have had firsthand experiences. How do they, I mean, I, I know that there's people staked out at courthouses to see who is filing and they must have people inside the courthouse calling and saying so-and-so just filed. I know that people, that people at these sites, specifically TMZ, listen to police scanners and all that because, and I mean, how do they get this information? I actually, my mother's assistant called me and said, your mom stopped breathing. We're on our way to the hospital. The second time my phone rang, it was one of your coworkers who I know or ex-coworkers who, who I know from TMZ who said, what is going on? He knew more than I did. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I definitely have never seen anyone listening to police scanners. So I can tell you that. I've never seen that before. I think it's well-connected sources throughout the country. Everywhere. Yeah. So I think it's more about your your sources and what they hear and what they pass on. Um, but I've never seen police scanners. I, I know what the court Local news that, does police scanners. Yeah. Who does? Local, local news. news. Local yeah. News. Local news is big with the police scanners. Um, I do know like with the courthouses and stuff, that's, I mean, every media agency has like an office in the courthouse. So that's a that's a common thing. Like the L.A. Times has a room at at the courthouse and TMZ and page six. And like everyone has a spot there and they do go through the filings on a daily basis. So that's more just like they're just sifting through and whoever finds it first gets the break the story. I truly think it's the well connected because I traveled a lot with Joan and you know, sometimes we would get to a hotel and a lot of times, you know, they're not listed. Obviously, you can do a process of elimination and go, okay, what are the most popular hotels and where would she be most likely to stay? So maybe they're going to camp a person out at each of those hotels, but literally there would be people there all the time. I don't care where we went whenever I traveled with her. And the other thing is like in this day and age, everyone is a reporter. You know what I'm saying? Everyone whips out their cell phone and starts videotaping the second they see a celebrity or they see a fight going on in the street or they see whatever it is. And so you, TMZ has become a place where you record something and you think, oh, I'm going to get money for this. I'm going to send it to them. Or I want to be on the front page of TMZ. So like it hit a point where TMZ got so big that like the reporters didn't have to do as much work because you've got people sending it into you on a daily basis. So the amount of stories that you would break just because you have become so big that they want to give it to you first. Let's let's get into the to the stuff that, you know, as interesting as this is, none of us are all that interesting. We're much more interesting when we're talking about other people. So who's the nicest? I mean, we already did who's the nicest, the biggest, George Clooney. Who's been the worst? From my experience, uh, Claire Danes. Really? Claire Danes, I was really disappointed. I've had uh, 
multiple um, interactions with her, and she's been really not nice at all. How so? So I ran into her on the street one time. This is when Homeland first came out. I just said, hey, listen, I, you know, and I didn't have my, I knew, I don't, you got to remember, I don't approach people that are not into it. I know she's not into it. And I wanted her to see that I didn't have my camera up, you know, and like, I was like, hey, I just want to know, like, hey, like, mention walk by photography is not shooting you. Like, hey, I just want to know I really enjoy the show. And she was like, oh, thank you know, and the second, she just like ignored me. Second time, like totally blew me off. And I was like, I just want to let you know. Hey, like I didn't even my camera. I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm a really big fan of the show. I really appreciate what you do. It's really, you know, blew me off. The third time, she was outside the uh, cafe car, hotel car lot, uh, the monkey bar, monkey bar in New York City. Remember monkey bar? Yes, sure. Do you remember monkey bar? That was a big spot. And she was outside monkey bar. And I said to her, hey, listen, I just want to let you know I really like, and she didn't know I was. I really want to just, you know, tell you how much I, and she like left me, went into the, she went into the hotel and waited for like a car to come, like just so she didn't have to stand next, like totally just blew me off three times in a row. And you say what, she had a bad day. No, I, she was just a total, not nice, you know? And then the other one who I was really disappointed in was Ryan Reynolds. Really? I was really disappointed in Ryan Reynolds. Um, because he comes off as so nice and funny. You, you want him to be Ryan Reynolds. You want him to be Van Wilder, the daredevil guy, whatever he was. You know, you want it to be this character. You want it to be that witty, kind of fun, charming guy. But because he is on, on Instagram. I mean, he they have that he and the wife have the whole thing, and it's hilarious. Maybe, he, maybe he's kind of like the male, you know, Ellen DeGeneres. I don't know. What do you think? Mm. <laughs> well, we're going to get into Ellen. You guys got some stories. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds was really disappointing and unfortunate, and I was just... You know, I try to be cool, like, and just like, I, I'll, I'll let them know what I do. If I want them to see, hey, listen, I know you're not into it, but I want you to respect that I'm not putting you into something you're not into, you know? And I hope you respect that because I could be an asshole. I could keep putting the camera in your face and just keep making you suffer. But I, I choose not to do that because I know you're not into it. And I just give me a little respect backwards. I, I hope for that, you know? Or be, or be grateful, at least be polite. Just say thank you, say night. And, you know, it's cool, man. It's, it's totally fine, but... You know, then you, you know, but I'll be honest with you, you find more good people than bad people. 90% of them are into it. 5% to it, 5% of the people aren't into it, but they're not assholes about it. The other 5% are just not good people, you know? So there's, there's more good people than bad people, but you always deal with the publicists who, you know, they try to show their, their weight and, you know, I'm like, get out of here, dude. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. I always I always find that sometimes the publicists and the people that are in the circle of the celebrities, they actually act as if they're bigger than the celebrity. Does that make sense? I think they're kind of paid to be the the in-between or to protect them or But you don't have to be a jerk about it. Like if you find the person around them, if the people around them are cool, that means the celebrity is cool. You know, if they're kind of, you know, very nerve-wracking, just kind of weird and crazy. That means probably the celebrity is just insane, you know? For me, because uh, I, I don't have all the interactions that Adam's had. Like, I was mostly in the office. So, like, when celebs would come into the office, right. I'd get to meet people. Um, but I would say the person that I think is the biggest D-bag out there is probably Woody Harrelson. He is just not a, a nice person. He, he's very angry a lot. And... Maybe it's because he just hates media or he hates attention. I don't know, but he's every interaction I've I've ha ever had with him is uh, just a negative one. Okay, so I want to I want to talk about something, Dax, that you tweeted out, which was about Kanye. You wrote, "Stop fueling the Yee fire. He clearly needs help, not retweets." What 
it's almost like when people were like, leave Britney alone. What made you do this? What made, and you got a huge amount of attention for it. So I, I think the thing like Kanye, you know, his mental instability has been documented for quite some time. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a poorly kept secret that he is truly bipolar. He's talked about it. He said, I'm yeah. bipolar. He talked about it with David Letterman. He's been open about it. And I think that, you know, there's some people out there, Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, like there's a point where it gets to be like, this is funny. And then it hits a point where it's like, this is not funny. Like something bad is going to happen. This is, this is bad. This is serious. Like, and as much as like the public is like, this is hilarious. I'm going to retweet it. And like, show how crazy the person is. That day when Kanye was going on like his rant and bashing Kim and bashing Chris, it's like, there's a point where you're like, I know that this, this is not, he's not sane right now. He's not stable right now. He's saying things that he would never say because he is not healthy. And the world is laughing at him. And so I'm, I just, sometimes you have to remind people that the guy is, is unhealthy. And he's, you know, the things that he's saying, he needs to take his medicine. He's not saying these because he wants retweets. He's saying these, and we need to look at it and go, this man needs help. Like, don't laugh at him. He needs serious help right now. Can I say hey. one thing about Kanye? Sure. Never has an entourage. Always with him, sometimes with a guard, very approachable. Even though his guard said he's not nice to work for. But I understand that, too. But that was his guard's experience, that yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, every time I see him, it's never like, you know, a lot of the musicians, rappers, there's always a huge crew around them, big entourage. I never, he's very lone, like very by himself. He's never with, maybe sometimes with a friend or two, he'll walk around. Like he's not like a, he's not invisible. He's very kind of, again, you can approach him at a party. Like he's not so distant. Like you can't go to Jay-Z. You can't walk up to Jay-Z. Kanye, he's kind of an approachable guy. Which is funny because the whole Kardashian thing is they're constantly being swarmed, constantly being photographed. That's them. They like that. They like, yeah. they understand they understand the trade-off. In the headlines keeps them relevant and keeps them getting paid a ton of money. Right. And what people, what I just talked about actually on another show with someone, someone else's show, was the fact that another another group of people you don't hear bad things about the Kardashians. In general, you hear show up on time, prepared to do their work, hard work hard, don't complain, you know. So it, that whole connection actually makes a lot of sense to me. But something like with Kanye out there right now, how long in advance or how far in advance can you sort of see something brewing before it breaks? How many times have you looked at someone and said, ooh, trouble in paradise, the divorce is coming, or wow, someone's sick, or someone's about to have a breakdown, or there's about to be you know, some sort of an announcement of someone being pregnant? I mean... You kind of have to have a gut feeling that these things are coming. I mean, I, I feel like Adam and I kind of get tipped off on a lot of stories before they break, but like you kind of hear rumors, you hear stuff. But I would say with like a Kanye or Amanda, like it starts off as kind of like a joke, you know, even with Charlie Sheen, it started off funny. And then you realize, oh shit, this isn't funny. And I, I think that one, when they have a mental illness, that it gets to a point where you're like, okay, this is not funny anymore. With pregnancies, uh, weddings, I mean, all that kind of stuff, you hear about it and then you just kind of wait until it's actually a confirmed story or you can actually report it yourself. How many how many sources do you need to confirm something? You know, everybody has sort of a different standard. I've always been taught three. Three? I, for my stories that I break, it usually comes from 
I talk to the person directly. It's usually not like a hearsay type story. I usually talk to the person directly. But then it goes to like sources. That's what we have to use as sources. Right, because nobody wants to say, hi, I'm the one that called it in on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, why does the press hate some people and love some people and some people are Teflon? Like everybody hated Anne Hathaway. And it was like a giant pile on whether she deserved it or not. The press just decided they hated her. I, I hated her until she went on Howard Stern. And then you liked her. It's like, oh my God, this woman is awesome. Right. I mean, why do you think that is? And then there's people who like nobody Brad, wants. Like Brad Pitt. But, or like nobody wants to hear the truth about. Like Ellen? Like, like, like Ellen. And I was getting, like Ellen, that it's almost like, you know, or Jimmy Kimmel has got, gotten a total pass on all the stuff from the man show and the blackface. Like nothing sticks, you know? What? Why does the why does the press decide who they like and who they don't? Because the press is made up of the public, and the public loves Ellen. The public loves Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. They don't want to ever hear a bad story, so they don't want to report a story. I think the reason that the, the Kardashians are covered so much is because people love to hate them, and the people that love to hate them are the same people that are also working at the, the news agencies. And right. I realized that if I put out a shitty story on the Kardashians, it's going to get more coverage than talking about how smart and brilliant and media savvy the Kardashians are. So I think it's just a reflection of whatever the public likes is the same stuff that the media likes to cover. Because it really does seem, though, that a lot of times, and we all, we've all, all of us on this have experienced that where the press, just like a Jennifer Hansen, the press just loves her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and conversely, Anne Hathaway, who the press just decided they hate. Remember, they were, what were they? They were called Anne uh, Hathaway haters. I mean, it became like a running joke. And I never quite could figure out why that was. And that was even pre-TMZ. Why well, I think pre- a lot of it comes down to is data. And, you know, all these newsrooms, you know, they all keep track of who's clicking on what. They, tra- they keep track of the views. So... If people are clicking on a lot of Kardashian stories, they're going to keep doing Kardashian stories because this, that does well for them. Right, right. but this does, this was even before TMZ. People would just decide they the press, you know, or or like I said, or like Ellen, people just don't want to hear it. I think with Ellen, people didn't know what she was like behind the scenes. Does that like she was one of those people that was able to avoid bad press at all times? But you know, I remember hearing stories about her. Years ago, we've all heard ago, what it was like. I think we all have on this half, on this side, we've had, we've heard stories, and people just maybe if they heard them, it's like they wanted to bury their head in the sand and go, no, not Ellen, no. Well, it's the same reason why did Harvey Weinstein get away Bill with all Cosby, the shit he Harvey did for Weinstein. so many years? Right, the list. They're the powerful. List. No one wanted to go up against them because you also have to realize, so the Ellen Show, she gives out all of her clips to all these media outlets every day. And it's some of the top stories on these outlets. So if you report a shitty story on Ellen, she's never giving you her clips anymore. So who wants to be the outlet to go against Ellen? No one. So it's a lot of people have sort of become famous just by being photographed or being with famous people. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Kim was first known as Paris's best friend. How, you know, how do you decide of all these newbies who to cover? I mean, Adam, how do you decide, like, oh, I'm going to start following this person? Because half the time, 
I look at stuff, I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. I'm not talking about like the Instagram influencers because I don't understand half of that either. But all of a sudden you start seeing these same names popping up and you're like, what do they do and who decided that they matter? It's a good question. It's really, it's a, it's a, in some ways it's a little bit of a gamble. Uh, from my experience, I really looked at with Kevin Hart. I was chasing around Kevin Hart when nobody cared about Kevin Hart. And fortunately, you know, Kevin Hart's a good guy. He was always good to me. And I was kind of chasing him around when he, no one really cared about him too much. And now he blew up. And now when he's in New York, he always stops and talks to me because I have a great relation with him. He remembers. I was, I've been with him since nobody chased him around, you know. But I also had a thing with Lady Gaga. I remember getting sent to go shoot Lady Gaga. I'm like, I'm not going to shoot this person. They're just a one-hit wonder. I don't really care. I, not knowing that she was going to blow up to be the star she was. And if I kept going for Lady Gaga every time I could have, I would have a better relationship with her now. So um, it's tough, you know, you're kind of, and then sometimes I'll get a footage and then you have to beg the outlet, like, no, listen, this person's a star. Like I believe in this person, they're blowing up. And then, you know, you look at their well, social I, following. I was gonna say it's easier with like, so, like musicians cause you can watch their social following. Like I remember covering Bieber before he was Bieber but you watch his fan level and you're like, this guy's gonna be huge. I remember pitching him out for the first time in the newsroom and everyone's like, who, like, why do we care about this kid? I'm like, cause look at the crowd he just got at the city walk. Like there were thousands of kids there. I know you don't know his name, but he's going to be big. Same with Billie Eilish. I remember posting stories on her when no one knew who she was because I could tell the, the ramp up to her with people like Paris and Kim. They're the ones that are, I mean, these, these two women are brilliant. Whether you, whether people want to acknowledge these two women are brilliant they are because they're continuously keeping themselves interesting. So it's not even about us keeping them interesting. They're doing things to keep relevant. They're doing things that are fascinating people. And so they, you cover them once and then you're like, oh God, this person's really interesting. I'm going to cover them twice. Oh, they're doing something else interesting. And then they keep themselves in the headlines, which is really hard to do. Right. Really do something really crazy to get your name out, you know, and something that's kind of sometimes violent sometimes oh like, honey you know, i sold my soul was sold before i was even born <laughs> <laughs> adam and i do uh, our podcast naked now and apparently that's been bringing it yeah i i i've been i've been told to do the too. same thing <laughs> actually it's 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 sabrina they've been requesting Okay, you're going to give us no a freebies. little tip. <laughs> what drum beats are you hearing? Are you starting to hear that something's going to happen? Someone's going to do something? You know, what's the what's the murmur before it becomes the roar? I mean, I would say Britney. I feel like everyone's focused on Britney right now and what's going to happen with this conservatorship. I, I think that's one of those stories that keeps evolving. Is she really like a prisoner in her house? Is she not? That's the story I think most people are like watching really closely to. Adam, what do you think we should I be listening like when for? There's smoke, there's fire. There's a story that is brewing um, of a big star with their, they, they're, they're involved in business uh, on the side and one business is doing very well. The other one is pretty much crumbling and on the verge of basically becoming non-existent. And the person is covering it up or doesn't want it to be known because they would see, be seen as a failure. Male or and female. World, I, know, I know who you're a talking A world about. star. Oh. Yeah. Not necessarily. Well, if you say it, we're going to know. Male? What was... Well, I, okay, I missed the first part. They have two businesses. This person's a star. And on the side, on the side of their business, they have, they have business. They do business on the side of whatever they do. 
and uh, one of their businesses is doing very well. The other so one one side hustle is all good, and one is not good. Very very bad. But but this is also someone that like. Well, who wants to be seen seen as a failure? failure? Correct. Well, there's some people that would brush it off and not care and just go. Some some investments thrive and some don't and you move on and then there's some people that are going to take that public failure and it's going to really take it to heart. well now you're saying it's like legacy. trump no, no not trump as soon as we're done recording what did it tell you adam dax this has been so much fun thank you so much for joining me today